Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks podcast. Uh, we have a pretty interesting topic today uh, because uh, it is a rare occurrence of Frog and I disagreeing on something. So, for some background, uh, there was an editorial on Polygon that went out in uh, late October, I believe, that was, um, it was an opinion piece about Splatoon and whether or not it would make a good eSport, and the, the thesis of the piece was that it would not. And, mm-hmm. you know, e- eSports is kind of a recurring theme on this, uh, on this podcast. It's something that we uh, have at least a conversational knowledge about and something that we certainly have strong feelings about and think is a good thing in a lot of ways and, you know, kind of a, a really important piece of modern day gaming, uh, in, in a lot of ways. But like I said, uh, this is, this is something that we, uh, we actually didn't find common ground on, which, which doesn't happen a lot. So I, I, I guess, uh, we don't know if there's no common ground yet, but right. No, I'm sure there'll be some things that we agree on, but the, the general belief is, I think that no Splatoon will not, would not make a good esport. Um, and, and Frog says, yes, I think it would. Uh, that is not to say that neither, that either one of us has any negative, uh, opinions on the game itself. We both happen to love Splatoon. Um, but there is, and I, and I think that the broader conversation that is going to be going down today is what makes a good esport period. And because I I think a lot of those same rules apply with with very few exceptions for every game as as to whether or not it would be a good eSport. So uh, Splatoon is interesting because it's it really is right on the cusp and it's and and uh, we'll get into it. But uh, why don't why don't you start? Why don't you give us give us a rundown of what the editorial said and why you think it's it's bullshit? (laughs) Yeah, so. This editorial was a fairly lengthy uh, rundown suggesting, essentially, that Splatoon would not make a good eSport. One, because it lacks drama, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The author makes the argument that in games like League or Dota, or CS even, uh, there's chance for huge swings over the course of a match. So... You know, depending on a number of things, you know, the player skill, their ability to find the holes in uh, opposing teams' defense, da 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 da. There is ample time for comebacks to happen and for things to turn on the the drop of a hat. And he says that in Splatoon, this is not the case, right? Right. Uh, so you have that. He also brings up Overwatch to say that we're where many of those same criticisms could probably have made by Overwatch. He says that Overwatch manages to mitigate those because of their unique heroes, which kind of gives the audience a quick reference point of, okay, well, we know this character can do this, this character can do that. Right. And you can change that at any time, right? Anytime you can change the entire team comp, which, as we know, dramatically changes uh, how Overwatch is being played. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't find this to be a particularly convincing argument, Uh, as a lot of commenters on the same article agreed. uh, It's clear that the author here has not watched much fighting gameplay. He didn't even mention it. Right. Uh, And sure, the likes of Street Fighter, etc. are not in the same league viewership-wise as League, Dota, and CS. There's no doubt about that. But there's still a big deal once any, uh, you know, major tournaments going on. They still regularly rack up huge viewership numbers. Right. And I've consistently made the argument that I think fighting games are the premier, should be really be a premier esport because it can't get much easier at a base level than this guy has, these both of these guys have health meters. Whoever's health meter goes down to zero first is the loser. Right. right. And this is and this is something that I agree with you on and have agreed with you about in the past. Right. Now, of course, anybody who plays or follows the fighting game world knows that way, way, way more is going on than just that. But 
even that is not terribly difficult from a spectator standpoint to understand. Right, and it's and, and you it's can pick and, that up pretty easily. And you could say the same thing about any um, any physical sport as well. Like there, it's just whoever has the most points at the end of the game. Uh, obviously, there's much going on during the game, but the more familiar, from, from the more familiarity you have with whatever game is being played, the more you can absorb uh, and and uh, disseminate and stuff like that. But, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, like uh, fighting games, I think are the most translatable to a uh, novice spectator. Right, and that's what I think about when I'm thinking about. It seems to me that the author's, uh, I guess, comes from the perspective of what will ultimately make quality viewing. Right. Which which is fine, but East, what I think most people who are really trying to push esports as like a thing uh, are interested in is how does this translate to, as you said, a novice spectator? Right. Because the, there's where the comparison to real sports comes in, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need to know much about, let's say, basketball to have a basic idea of what's going on when I turn a game on, right? Yeah, and and, and especially basketball. Especially basketball. Because even, even um, sometimes an amazing play will happen in football or baseball, and if you're not in the know, you don't know that something incredible had just happened. And... Right. Like I've I've had uh, I have watched plays happen and had other people in the room say what is what is going on like what are they all screaming about and basketball is easy because when someone like dunks or um, or like hucks it from half court and it goes in like there's no ambiguity there like something cool just happened and I don't think you need to have like this deep. Uh, you know, statistical or, um, or like historical appreciation for basketball to like know when someone gets posterized. Like it's, it's, it's very easily translatable. And I, and I think that that was one of the arguments that he made, especially with league where he goes, there is, you know, as you're watching it, you know, it's all top down. So you see the whole, you see like a, 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 if not like a large, uh, if not the entirety of a map, but like a very large cross section of it at a time. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if you watch League, that's kind of how they do it. They, they basically have somebody controlling the, the like, overhead camera. Right, the and, mode. Yeah, and just, moving, and just moving from the different spots. And, like, when someone, like, uh, you know, when, like, someone just, like, pops out of jungle into mid and just, like, cl- and then just, like, clears out, like, two guys, you know, like, you know. You, you don't need to know if that person was, like, particularly important or, or skillful. You know that somebody just did something. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone just got bopped. Right. So it's, it's yeah. Like, and, and I think that with street fighter, right. And again, I'm, I'm, uh, I agree with you that it is, uh, uh, underappreciated as a spectator sport. There's a lot of little things going on. And sometimes it's not always obvious when something really impressive just happened. Right. Sometimes, right. sometimes it is, but not always. And I and I think that, you know, I, I, again, this no, no, I would argue more often than not, though, because most of the things that count as very impressive are usually things like huge comebacks into super moves. Yeah, you know, uh, actually, that's really the crux of it. Once somebody is able to land some outrageous combo that leads to them losing huge chunks of life or something like that, yeah, that's extremely apparent. So what we're really getting at is that it is our belief, and I think even the author would argue, that the best esport viewing are things that are highly visual. Mm-hmm. Things that are easily visually translatable to a viewer regardless of whether or not they are intimately familiar with the game uh, is where you have a winner. Which is why I find it very interesting that he's so down on Splatoon. Right. Because this is yeah, because because it's it's the whole point of Splatoon is that you can see the whole shit. Like you don't. It's not like um, like the viewer isn't blind to who's winning. It's not like there's some hidden points that that are being uh, tallied 
that only like a very seasoned viewer would be able to like ascertain before the, the end result is shown. Like how well you're doing is literally painted across the whole map. Right. And this is what now you're getting to one of the cores of my point. Uh, another thing that every even a lot of commenters said that, oh, yeah, we shouldn't even entertain the idea of turf war being a competitive thing. And I'm like, I feel the exact opposite. The ranked game, except for maybe Rainmaker, Rainmaker is, as you know, one of my favorite, probably my favorite game mode in that entire game, because it's a little bit like football in that it is a, a space control game uh, that heavily, you know, you, everybody has to work together mm-hmm. to, to, to move an object across the field, but you have to control the field to get there, right? Right. Uh, and that's where it gets wild because if you fail to control the field properly, if you fail to have enough paints for you guys, your guys to move around quickly enough, uh, you're going to get bopped. Right. Turf War, on the other hand, is literally a, con- a three minutes of just vicious battle, especially if you have two teams who know what they're doing against one another. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a extremely cutthroat. Three bits of territory, uh, you know, jockeying. And as you said, visual. This is the only shooter that is as visually translatable as a fighting game is. Because, as you said, they literally give you the entire, the overhead view of the map. And because each uh, team is controlling one color, you know at any given time with pretty much perfect specificity which which side is winning. And furthermore, as you and I both know, having played quite a lot of Splatoon, uh, the idea that there's not going to be comebacks is patently absurd. Yeah, no, it's abs- that that actually is the, probably the most absurd part of the whole article. I thought. Yeah, because literally the entire match can get thrown in the last ten seconds if you're not careful. Right. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, is that like, you know, with with uh, with the way a lot of Splatoon works, especially with. Uh, you know, with the with the abilities that you can ha- have and stuff like that, there, you. The thing is, is that you. It's like it's like being in, being in for in first place in Splatoon is like being in first place in Mario Kart, where you don't know what the other people have like or right. or have planned either right. either either like own in their in- inventory or if they are planning on using it or if they've already used it or something like that. So like, even if you're really, really good, that's like a whole guessing game thing. And we've seen, we've definitely played matches where in, in the last 15 seconds, everyone just like, everyone just spends their, you know, their, their, uh, last, you know, their, their death throw on their, you know, uh, on their like rockets and stuff and just like paints the, a whole corner of the map. And that's the percentage that they need. And we've like we've seen it before. I think that that's I think that that is that is also to use your words patently absurd that there wouldn't be a uh, you know like like these these like highly uh, ex- exciting tide turning uh, points in like like team efforts late in the game. That's right. it's just ridiculous because I've seen it so many times. Yeah, that's completely ridiculous. So that was already I was like okay, guy. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so when you add those things up, uh, yes, of course, Nintendo would be, would do well to add things like spectator tools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But when you add those things up, I think you have a very watchable game. Oh, not to mention this too. And this is something else that people brought up in, um, the commentary for this article, which is that. Uh, another comparison to fighting games, because the matches are so short, at a point that we've praised over and over. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can have sets. So, yeah. league matches take on average about like, 40 to 45 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, a little more, a little less, depending, you know, who's getting destroyed or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about three hard, hard limit three minutes. You can easily have a best of five. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is great because it's not a huge time commitment from players or from the viewers. Right. And it may, remains uh, extremely exciting. So, again, where the author 
kind of put all of his eggs into the basket of one match, which again, if you're in the MOBA or like CS world, is understandable. If you're looking from the prism of fighting games or really Splatoon, uh, you have to think more at a little bit on a meta level. Right. Uh, because drama in Street Fighter, for example, sure, one individual best of three rounds is not that crazy. But when, you know, you're facing down a best of five set, uh, then things get much more interesting. And as as, you, as he noted, uh, that's where you get comeback opportunities. We, Capcom Cup, we saw plenty of that. Ricky Ortiz is a, a bit of a comeback artist. Yeah. Right? But the, that comeback happens over the course of a set, not over one individual match. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing, I believe, would be true of Splatoon. So I see no reason. Uh, you might, you could probably make the argument that maybe the rank modes, which are the, the quote-unquote competitive meat and potatoes of the game, like tower control, I suppose, you could make an argument is not that great as an eSport. Uh, but I think Rainmaker would be great viewership. Uh, and I definitely think Turf War could be an amazing thing to watch. In particular, I really, I really don't understand why people are down on turf war because I think turf war is the is itself the meat and potatoes of where you could have real competition in Splatoon. But that is my argument. Yeah. So. So yeah, like, I, and I, I do agree with you <clears throat> on a lot of those points, but a lot of these points are 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 simply uh, kind of built in contrary to an article that let's be honest, wasn't really that well thought out. And I agree that it's, it's a very, it's very visual and it's easy to look at, right. And figure out what's going on and figure out who's winning. Um, and you don't need to know a ton about, uh, the actual game itself. Short matches, sets, um, potential for, you know, uh, high excitement in a very short period of time and upsets, all that stuff I agree with. My, my 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 I have a couple of different points, and as I was reading the article, I was I was thinking like he doesn't make a good point there, but here's a good point that he didn't make, and he was like oh, he got really close a couple of times, but what I think makes a lot of the existing esports so and and we're gonna discount fighting games here because they they're really their own their own subset, but if even if you look at uh, you know, your League of Legend and your Dota, you look, you're looking at, um, any, any team, any team-based, um, e- esport really. Right. I'll use all, all team-based, team-based esports that I am familiar with, right? All have a couple of things that Splatoon doesn't have. And the biggest one I think is that Splatoon doesn't have anything that could be really translated as uh, a position or, uh, or or a set role everybody's job in splatoon is kind of the same and i think that that's a that's a huge part of team building and it's a huge part of uh the uh you know viewership and um an attachment to uh, an esports team right? right like you can well, we'll use we'll use Overwatch just because it's new, and it's and it's a little less complicated, I think, than some of the the MOBAs. But with with Overwatch, you know that whoever you know, if somebody picks a, a tank character, you know what they're going to be trying to do. Even though the way that you're supposed to play Diva is very different than the way you're supposed to play Roadhog, you're kind of you're kind of like anchoring the team, right? You're, right. you're kind of, you're kind of limited to a specific place and you're trying to do more or less the same thing, right? You're, you're, you're kind of like the nucleus of it. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in the choke point. You are, you're blocking off areas. You're using your shield, um, everything. You're there to right? take the damage. You're there to eat damage, all that stuff, right? So it, it, yeah, you can change your characters, but everybody's, everybody's job is, is a little more specified. Uh, in in league, they they have the um, 
the lanes, right? And, and right. people are people are married to those lanes. They they list their positions as uh, yeah by by that right. And um, and that's like a huge that's like a huge part. These aren't interchangeable. Like somebody learns how to play jungle the best way, and is that team's jungle. Right. Like that's that's a that's it, and that's a that's a big deal. And I imagine that there are certain characters that are better suited for for these roles, um, and and even even ones that even games that aren't really uh, that aren't that aren't watched as much still have something like this, like uh, like World of Tanks, right? Everybody there there are five roles in World of Tanks, and you you're, you can kind of expect you know somebody to fill one or more of them based on the type of tank that they pick. And so it's, it Splatoon is, is entirely lacking in this. Everybody's job is the same. There's no, there's no, uh, it's not like somebody would pick a, the roller, for example, and be this, like this, like a frontline infantry and somebody would actually pick a sniper and effectively snipe in the game. Like it, it kind of, it it might at the very at the very highest levels of competition start to resemble something like that but mm-hmm. but there's there's nothing built in the game that that would dictate this and that kind of brings me to my next point which is the other thing that that it doesn't really have and this is one of the reasons why I stopped playing it after a while and I trust me I played it for a while before I I eventually you know, hadn't picked that up in, in a bit, but the, um, there, there's, there's no method for incredibly tight controls, right? There's a level of exactness that makes video games at, at a really high level. So impressive that like that, that make players so incredibly effective and that's precision and exaction. And especially when the game is incredibly difficult to learn. Splatoon is, one, not difficult to learn. That doesn't mean it's not watchable, but it's not difficult to learn. So it would be, it would be a much more difficult vetting process to see who actually would um, you know, rise to the, the, t- the top of the heap, in a way. And a part of that is that there's there's nothing built in that w- that makes the controls incredibly tight. You have to use the Wii pad. Um, you know you ha- you have to turn off motion controls. Um, it w- it won't let you use the Pro controller. Uh, this is these are all um, in- incredible, incredibly uh, <laughs> uh, difficult roadblocks to climb over when you're when you're talking about say the melee community for instance who yeah. is is using technology that is like several generations behind because it it affords them the precision that they believe is incredibly uh it it, it, it that is that is so monumental to high the highest level of play you can't look at splatoon and say the same thing because there's this there's this uh there's this roadblock of control, and the only thing that that um, that this that the the author of this article said that I, I really thought was was like ultimately his whole his whole point. He could have just tweeted this and like never written the article in the first place, and I would have been like, yeah. But he says, um, hold on, I got I gotta find it here. But he says, um, uh. Splatoon was designed to be a casual shooter, which is exactly what it is. That's it. That that sentence made all the argument it needed because, you know, you, you we we obviously don't like to use the word casual here, right? It's a bad word, um, and we don't and we don't like to use its counterpart, uh, hardcore, right? But we definitely don't like to use that. When you're looking when you're when you're looking at game design and and purpose. Um, and when you're looking at what Nintendo really wanted to do when they made this game, they were not thinking esports. I really don't think that they were. I think that they were looking at seamless uh, online competition, and I think that they were looking at accessibility, and I think they were looking at fun and family friendly, and that's just, I think that's really all they were looking for. 
And I think that they were trying to, you know, kind of like wedge all of these, um, you know, all of these, uh, these square ideals into the, the rounder hole of a shooter. And then they miraculously did it. But as is the Nintendo way, <laughs> as is the Nintendo way, but there's no, I don't think that there's any more room in that, in that peg or in that hole mm-hmm. for the, for the peg to fit. If you're talking about esports, I think that's kind of where it stops, it stops fitting. And I think it's because they, they had this approach right from the get go. And then, which brings me to my third point, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is that they're at the at the highest at the highest level of, of play for a lot of these a, a lot of um, a lot of my favorite esports anyway is that there's uh, th- there's there's the meta game right and, and I'm not saying Splatoon doesn't have a meta but Splatoon's meta looks very 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 different than the meta of other games when I when, when I think of the meta game for Pokemon. Right. Mm-hmm. I think of people who spent so much time playing the game and so much time deliberating over how the, how the the how to get the most out of the highest level of play and how to how to just constantly break through the the uh, the ceiling that Nintendo put on the game and that that they discovered uh, things that were placed in the game that were not ever meant to be found. Right. And. Every single time one of these things becomes uncovered, the, the, the finished product is a completely different product. And when I think of the metagame in Melee, I think of the same thing, you know? Well, I was going to say, yeah, you just described Melee's entire development. Exactly. So, and, and other games have these things. When people are willing to dig deeper to learn more and and broaden their knowledge of a game and seek to disrupt uh, the the meta and to further the meta, they're always going to find things about the game that uh, that somebody hasn't thought of or <clears throat> use or or use a, a a mechanic in the game that is well known differently. And I don't see much of this happening in Splatoon. I, I have never read anything about. People finding, you know, like crazy ways to use the, the closest thing that I found was when uh, when people started using the roller um, off of cliffs because the splatter moves further the higher up you are than the than the actual roller can, A highly can, annoying tactic, can yes. go. So with the roller. If you if you aim all the way up and not at the ground and just spam the fire button instead of using it as as it's intended, which is to just uh, hold down the trigger and move forward, um, you can you can throw the paint further than the than the um, than the roller is intended just by just by uh, like splash radius. Okay. Um, this is this is ultimately not that deep. Of like a meta tactic, right? It's 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 just something somebody found out. It's not like somebody broke into the game code and was like, "This is how you know this is this is how like the upper crust, like the upper echelons of of uh, you know highly competitive Splatoon players are going to be using the um, the the paint roller." You know, this is this like completely upsets the ballast of of like competitive level Splatoon. It didn't really do that. And, and and that's kind of what you're looking for when you're, you're talking about furthering any sport. You know, you, you see this in, you see this in regular sports all the time. You know, when, uh, when, when like Dirk Nowitzki came into the NBA and, and like Steve Nash and guys, guys like this, who, who grew up playing like outside the United States and they were like, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, um, they're supposed to be like guards, but they're shooting inside the paint like all the time or, or vice versa. Um, they're supposed to be like small forwards, but they're, they're like guard forwards and, and they're playing outside the arc and uh, like rushing in and they have just as many threes as twos. And you're, you're seeing stuff like um, you're seeing stuff like the way that re- that the bullpen is being used in, in major league baseball now where they're bringing in elite closers in the fifth inning uh, just for just just because leverage is leverage, no matter where in the game you are, and, and it completely upsets you know not only 
not only how other teams prepare for seeing different pitchers, but how how much pitchers are paid. The first, uh, what is it? The the um, it was the first time in in like twelve years that a relief pitcher got paid more than ten million dollars, um, just like a couple of weeks ago. And this was a big deal because now people are seeing the. Uh, like like what could be a game changing usage of a bullpen pitcher, and this is what this is what you're you're constantly this is what you're seeing when you're seeing like a constantly evolving metagame and like sp- like splashing the roller like an idiot is not like what I'm talking about. Right. Not not to say that this isn't like this wasn't like a little bit of a revelation when people found out about it, but it, it wasn't. Oh, certainly annoying. It didn't sink the Titanic, and and, right. and then the other thing, my last point is is not so much a point, is just as much as a complaint. It's actually very easily fixable, and, and um, they could totally do this at any at any time, really, with just a quick update. But uh, they need a spectator tool. Um, well, that that to me is like aside. Even even the article that was like an aside. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't have it. But again, this this is like an update. This isn't like a a, a whole new game we're talking about here. Uh, right. So so that's my that's my spiel. Um, the the lack of positions and defined roles. Um, even even though you can customize your your uh, your squid kid. Um, no tight controls, a lower learning curve, and no exploitative meta tactics. So, in that, in what you laid out, the only one of those that to me stands out as like a big flashing neon sign no is uh, lack of metagame. That's actually, I think, a very interesting argument. Uh, the idea that there's not really any room for the tactics and whatnot to change, at least as the game currently stands. Right, uh, and it's possible. Gonna, and it's possible that it just never got to that point, and there's plenty of things to be discovered. Right, uh, which is another thing I would say. Uh, also, I know that you made you know, part of the arguments built on the crux of Splatoon, the Wii U game that currently exists, where I'm partly making mine on. Uh, Splatoon, the fundamentals of a franchise. Uh, sure. Because the, the basic game modes that, like I was talking about, uh, we could be pretty confident are going to be the staples of, you know, the game going forward, right? Mm-hmm. Even as they add and tweak and do all sorts of other stuff. Like, we know Turf War, for example, is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, because then the other point about, like, control, for example, and I was going to ask you, when you say imprecise control, are you just talking about not liking the big-ass Wii U gamepad? Or because other than that, I find it to be a pretty standard dual-stick console shooter. It's standard dual-stick, but the, the the thing is, is um, it's, it's a little, it, it might be the fact that it is third person, but uh-huh. there's something, there's something about the way the camera moves that that doesn't feel tight to me and even when you change sensitivity even when i change the sensitivity and and i think and i think part of it is that you are not it, on one hand it doesn't need to be because you're not spending your entire time shooting at other players right um but uh there there is something to be said with um you know with like like you don't need a mouse and keyboard to play this game, right? You don't. But like, if I could use the gamepad, like the 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 Wii U Pro Pad, mm-hmm. I would be I'd be over the moon. It, it would really be a game changer to me. I, I think that they're, they they could do something about tightening up the the controls because I think that there's I think that there's something. Um, it almost seems that it's like a like a dynamic camera where. The, the like longer I hold down the button, the faster the camera moves and it doesn't, it, there's some, there's something that I feel lacked uniformity and maybe it's just me and maybe it's the fact that I'm using the, the, the Wii U gamepad. Um, but, and maybe it has something to do with, with the, uh, like the architecture of the actual, uh, an, uh of the actual analog sticks. Oh, that too. Um, you know, but I don't think well, it has I was to do with. Say, this sounds to me more like the Wii U gamepad as an issue, which is totally understandable. Oh, it's an issue. 
you know, there's there's no doubt about it that using having to use the gamepad exclusively is kind of annoying. Though I would say, and this is why I kind of made the argument on the basis of franchise, because I mean, we already know that uh, this game is going to appear on the Switch. They made that very clear already. Oh yeah, yeah. In some form. So to do that, it's going to have to go to standard dual stick style, uh, which means that when you plug the Switch in, you'll be able, or even as they showed, when you have it, you know, out and about or whatever, you can use a completely standard controller. Uh, so hopefully that would go a long way toward alleviating the perceived uh, lack of tight controls. Uh, because like I said, to me, uh, aside from the big-ass Wii U gamepad, <laughs> it's, uh, it controls very much like any other uh, console shooter. Uh, so there's that. But yeah, the metagame issue is certainly one that is uh, interesting to me. Though, I do wonder, as you noted, whether that is simply an issue of the game not having had uh, enough exposure in actual, you know, tournament play for people to see, oh, this is what this group of people are doing. Uh, let's see, let's start trying to incorporate. That's part of how the, the metagame changes. People go to competitions, debut whatever crazy shit they decided to do, and then... Other people are like, oh, really? And start either trying to copy it or devise countermeasures. Sure. Now, as for a lack of defined roles, I don't particularly... I mean, generally speaking, yeah, that's a big reason why all the games that were listed in this article and you talked about uh, have big deals. You correctly noted people are literally married to their lane in uh, in League. Yep. Uh, people, main characters in Overwatch, even though... Technically, you really shouldn't because I am so I am so like on principle like on like a very high moral ground against the idea of having a main in Overwatch. It's completely antithetical to why the game was invented. It's so annoying. It's It's so annoying to me when somebody on some forum starts off any complaint with as a Zenyatta main. Shut the fuck! You've already lost your your (laughs) argument is already void because. You shouldn't have an opinion based off of a character that you play exclusively because you shouldn't because be playing. You shouldn't be playing anywhere exclusively. Yeah, yeah, it's so annoying to me. And it, if you're listening now and you have a main in Overwatch, delete the game. It's you're you're playing it wrong. You're playing it wrong. You're playing now, it wrong. That said, that said, to be fair, like I look at myself for example, I play. A, I don't play the entire cast because uh, some of the characters I'm just trash with. There's just no way around it. Sure. Uh, but there are, like, I play, if you look in my, um, in my game, uh, stats screen. Yeah. I clearly play Soldier more than everybody else. Yes, oh, I, I have, Hulk. yeah, I mean, I have a character that I play more than everybody else. Which but you could then reasonably call your quote-unquote main. I, I think of main. I know, I know what you're saying, though, because most people... Uh, when they say main, aren't necessarily talking about, well, I happen to play this ca- I lean toward this character more than I play the other characters. Yeah. They mean that no matter what's happening, <laughs> I'm going to fucking play Zenyatta. Oh, my God. Which is not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, I have a group of characters that I rotate between depending on what the situation calls for. And if I really got to, I go outside that, but then don't expect great results. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's super annoying. We'll come back to that because it actually warrants more discussion. <laughs> but a point I was going to make is that, yeah, having roles is actually, it is pretty important. Um, and actually you can also apply that to Street Fighter too, right? Because people main characters of Street Fighter and when people change over in tournaments, it's like, <gasps> yeah, um, like no, that's why, yeah, uh, part of the reason he was, people were all over him is because he was pretty proficiently using two characters. Yeah. I mean, people will have secondary characters, but, like, he had effectively two mains. Mm-hmm. Uh, which were Gal and Mika. So, if people are like, what the hell is up with this kid? Right? As you said, it, in Street Fighter, you're kind of, in a sense, you're married to that character. Unless there's a, unless the game literally changes around you. Yeah. 
and then you, there's a high profile, I'm switching to da-da-da. <laughs> but that said, I think of another game that, though, is really has not been able to carve out a name for itself in the world of esports. I don't think it's because of its lack of defined roles, and that would be Halo. So here's my here's my because th- I thought about this. Mm. Um, Halo One, uh, not a very highly watched esport. No, it is not. But I did I did write a, a piece uh, on, on our website frogsmax.net. And it's it, and I don't remember which which article I think I think it was um, I think it might have been the one on the one on uh, I, I don't remember which one it was. I wrote an article on our website, and in it I described a, a a tactic that used to be used in in Halo, where people created defined roles for themselves. Now Halo's not a perfect comparison because. They were playing Slayer. Right. And as we all know, uh, Splatoon is only objective-based. Right. So here's the, here's the problem. With, with objective, even with, with Halo, and I think this is part of the thing, that this, is, this was like a little bit of a revelation to me because I was like, one of the biggest complaints that we always had about Halo was that no matter what people were playing, they were playing Slayer. But, right. but... Because there are no defined roles, Slayer is really an essential part of any game type, no matter if it's objective-based or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, let's say, like, let's use let's use Overwatch again, right? There's no deathmatch in in Overwatch, right? Um, if you're playing as um, you know, if you're if you're playing as say uh, soldier, right, or reaper, right, we'll use reaper as an example, right? Sure. You're playing as reaper, and you know your your job is to slay. Right. Right. Uh, if you're if you're playing as mercy and you kill somebody, it's an accident. Like you're not supposed to even do damage, let alone kill somebody, right? Or you're being really weird. Or you're being or you're being an attack mercy, which again, yeah. if you if you play attack mercy, delete the game. You're playing it wrong. <laughs> so with Halo, um they they kind of they they didn't have defined roles, but what they did was they structured their killing because everybody's exactly the same. Everybody's using a BR or an AR. Um, or, or a pistol, depending on which, which Halo you're playing. And what they would do was make sure that uh, the killing was done as effectively as possible, right? Uh, so they would have w- what were called uh, sweepers, where they would have some people whose job it was was to mark people by just shooting at them and then there would be other people, you know, un- until they until they were one shot, and then have sweepers come in and just pop people off because it was at that point it was just one shot, one kill. So instead of a whole bunch of people like just shooting indiscriminately and like being generally good at like twitch reflexes on a controller, um, they they had like they had it down to a science, and so it, it's. And the thing with Splatoon is that this can't exist because it's an objective-based game. Uh, it, it's an objective-based game, and there are no roles. So with with Halo, it didn't matter if there were roles because you could just ge- you could just genuinely be better, um, and like create roles, but ultimately just to do the same thing, which is just to slay. Or you're an objective-based. Uh, game and you have very clearly defined roles like in Overwatch and Splatoon is is both and therefore neither because you can't you can't like effectively paint uh, the majority of the map without um, you know slaying but if you don't have like a role like a person or a character or a weapon that is the most 
plausibly suited for slaying, then who does what? And and yeah, that, that kind of just boils down to the team level. Like, okay, you do this and you do this. But if there's nothing for them to attach themselves to in order to complete that other than their own skill, then it's going to be a route every time. It, it's It's always going to be this person isn't good enough at slaying and then they switch it around and like, it, it seems weird. It seems, it seems like without, without roles and without positions and multiple things that need to be going on, slaying and completing the objective, that some team would just have the people who are the best at the game, period, and that team would like sweep every single time. Uh, I'm not, I'm not so sure I buy that because I, I would like, I think this is where player, and you kind of were basically getting there, uh, that this is where player creativity comes in, right? And team creativity, Mm -hmm. uh, there's not defined roles, but as you noted earlier, you can only carry one weapon. You know, your weapon loadout actually matters quite a bit in Splatoon because their weapons are designed to either favor uh, painting, you know, territory control, or, you know, slaying. So I can totally see a scenario where you have, on a, a given five-person team, somebody might be designated to go and snipe at people, which would probably be just as effective. You, you mentioned the sweeper strategy in Halo. You could totally bring that into Splatoon. And in fact, I think it could be even more effective because remember that in Splatoon... If you surround an enemy with your paints, in addition to the fact that you're having damage dealt over time, they literally can't move. So somebody else can easily come in, bam, off they go. Uh, So you could designate somebody to do something like that, or designate somebody to be the sniper. Granted, in the Wii U game, sniping is very touchy. I would like to see that particular element of shooting improved for the sequel. Definitely. Uh, but assuming they do that, you could easily have somebody going around sniping fools, and as we know, every death in Splatoon, it literally leads to uh, a huge positional and tactical advantage. Uh, Not to mention you could simply also have, if I have a team, five people, two of you, your primary job is kill people so that the other two people can paint. And vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can totally see that being a thing where where the game itself does not have a defined role. Uh, players can create that for the team. Teams can create that for themselves. And, you know, if, if multiple teams decide, well, the, the sniper to attacks to painters strategy is going to be like the tourney standard that you need to follow to, to even get anywhere... Kind of like in Melee, for example, you need to know how to L-cancel, you need to know how to wave dash, you need to know how to do all these advanced techniques to even begin to talk about turn mid-level play. If you establish that kind of thing as the floor, then there's your roles right there. Uh, so that's why I'm like, I think people can... I think I put a lot of credit on players being able to fill in the gap and again, melee is the primary reason I believe that, uh, because melee, as we should not forget, was definitely not meant to be the beast of an esport that it is today. Right. So, and, and that entirely, entirely, entirely occurred because you had players who said, "I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to tear this <laughs> thing all the way apart," and we found all this crazy shit, and we're going to do it. Uh, I think if Splatoon... I think Splatoon's biggest problem right now is exposure, as people were noting in the comments of this article. Uh, it was limited to the Wii U, a failing platform, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on what will likely be the much more successful Nintendo Switch, you'll have a lot more people looking, a lot more interest, and a lot more people actually finding stuff, especially if they uh, put out a Splatoon game earlier in the, in the console's life cycle. So, I would not discount the power of players to put roles in where they may not currently exist by design. The metagame could, uh, uh, could flow through that, 
as a different melee. Uh, but yeah, you would definitely be right to say, particularly as it currently exists, there really isn't one. Um, control we talked about. What was the other thing you said? Uh, the pos- the positions in the roles, uh, the no tight controls, uh, the the lower learning curve, which is good for the game, but I'm not sure if it's good in esport because, and again, like the learning curve is like when I say learning curve, I kind of am talking about the exploitative meta tactics, because right. Um, right now the ones that you can learn, like there aren't there aren't any. And part of the thing about, like, L-canceling and wave dashing or IV breeding or EV breeding or uh, literally anything else, uh, like, is that they are kind of difficult to learn. Right. And for you to, like, the thing with games is that there's no physical limitation, right? Correct. You can't be excluded from playing Street Fighter because... You're 5'8", 135 pounds, right? Right. Like, I, at 5'8", 135, could, could uh, not play uh, <laughs> most physical sports, right? right. Um, except for, like, soccer. Like, I'm actually, like, uh, the perfect size for soccer. But sure. all other sports, forget it. Like right, I, right. I just, I, if, if size isn't an issue, it's, it's coordination or it's just general physical strength or it's, um, uh, the, the fact that anything like any of these, right. I just, I could, you're, you're, ne- you're never going to find me on a, on a gridiron. Like I'm never going to be playing professional football. It's just not going to happen. I can catch a pass. Um, will I die during the first down? Yeah, I will. I it's 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 not even a question. Sure. Uh with 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 video games there's way the the physical limitations look much more they they look way more different. And a lot of the limitations are things like focus, time commission, time commitment, intelligent like uh tactical thinking, lo- like logistical thinking, like Muscle memory, um, muscle memory uh, you know, stuff like stuff like that. Right. So we're kind of not they're kind of things that like, yeah, there there are some limitations. Like if you have, uh, you know, maybe if you if you can't like figure out how to do like um, like how to improve your, you know, uh, like reflexive movements and stuff like that, like maybe you're maybe you're like already cut off. But the thing with Splatoon is that it doesn't require the things that like like it, we haven't figured out the things that would disqualify a large chunk of people, right? I've been playing Street Fighter for a very long time. I am competent, but I'll never place in a tournament ever. Because there are so many more things that I have yet to grasp. So many more concepts that I have yet to grasp. There are so many more, um, like, written... There are, like, so many more, like, like written tactics and theories and um, exploitations that I have not even read yet. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't rattle off frame data for you. I, right. you know, I... I understand a lot of these things at their most basic levels, but it's the difference between pre-algebra and uh, and like theoretical calculus, right. and and I'm 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 just not there yet. Could I sit down and like, you know, uh, spend a lot of time and figure out calculus? Maybe yeah, eventually. Maybe I possess that brain power. I'm not there though, and. That's the that's the allegory here. Like, there's nothing in Splatoon that exists that I've seen that immediately disqualifies a large portion of the playing population from the highest levels of competition. And that's what I and that's what I mean by learning curve. Sure, that's an interesting idea, and it's I'm actually glad that you brought this up because this goes to the one of the to go continue with the Street Fighter talk. That's actually one of the biggest debates. Uh, then again, maybe it's not even really a debate because a lot of people just 
are on the hate side, but one of the debates going on is uh, you have a lot of people that call Street Fighter Five garbage because in their perception, there isn't... Uh, we would say certainly that there is uh, theoretical calculus in Street Fighter Five, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but people would say... There's a lot of people who are saying not nearly as much as there was in 4, therefore 5 sucks. Uh, I would argue, and Dingus would argue, much more forcefully than I, uh, that Street Fighter V's, part of the reason it succeeds, uh, at least at the level of a basic game, there's a lot more wrong with the game than <laughs> its basic play, but uh, at the level of basic you, you play... Heard, you heard it here first. Street Fighter V is a game. Yeah. <laughs> Ha! Yes. Uh, but at a basic level, the reason why we find it to be much more compelling than 4 is that it's a back-to-basics approach in the best possible way. Right. So, I, and I would say the same. Yeah. So as opposed to 4, where exploiting uh, system mechanics was basically what you were watching for... Uh, this is much more of a, for lack of a better word, pure experience. If you lose in Street Fighter V, it is 100% your fault. Period. Yeah. Like, you got outplayed. The game is well designed enough that there's a way out of most situations. Uh, Of course, the character balance is as in all fighting games, in all games, really. Uh, is out of whack, and they will be continuing to work on that. But putting that to the side a little bit, uh, if you lose in the game, it's because you got outplayed. You did not. You were not able to use the tools in your toolbox as well as the other guy was able to use the tools in his toolbox. Uh, that's kind of how, at least right now, I look at Splatoon, which is that it's basics, but it's very much a game where... I find that if our team loses, again, going back to Turf War, this is why, again, I don't understand why people are so down on Turf War. If you lose in Turf War, it is 100% your team's fault. Period. End of story. You did not capture as much of uh, the territory on the map as the other team did. That's it. (laughs) Right? Right. Uh, All the other things can flow from that later, as I've been saying, like uh, talking about roles and who's going to do what. Uh, and maximizing, uh, you know, the amount of territory you cover uh, per every minute of the game. All that's great. All that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, the only metric that would matter, did you capture more of the territory than the other guy? If your team failed to do that, it's your fault. You can't blame any mechanic. There's no mechanic in Splatoon that is that devastating uh, that it would, you know, completely preclude a team from being able to come back from it. So if you lost the match, it is your fault. So even though there isn't something that would immediately disqualify a large percentage of the population, uh, I find that, go back to Street Fighter a little bit, what separates the good from the great is being able to just put the amount of time in and to have the mental acuity to succeed knowing that this is entirely on you. There's nothing crazy to exploit here. You just have to go and outplay the other the other person. Or in the case of Platoon, your team has to go, have your shit together, and outplay the other team. Period. That's an interesting argument. Uh, the, the, the thing with... Again, I, I, it's, still, it's still a tough comparison because... It's not one-on-one and it's a team effort and, you know, and until, until we finally figure out how to like properly implement uh, like hive mind, uh, (laughs) that, that there's, there's always going to be something that like, yeah, if you, if you lose in Splatoon, it's your team's fault, but it's how you don't have to worry about team building in Street Fighter. Sure. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's your, it's your right hand and your left hand and your eyes and that's it. And, you know, you can't be like, oh, well, you know, left hand didn't really bring it to today. Uh, 
you know, we really need to make an improvement at left hand. Like that's not going to happen. You know, like it's, it's, it's just you. So, um, but see, that would go and go back to your other point about roles and teamwork, right? Uh, because at the end, this there would be depth, is what I'm saying in in the team analysis and whatnot with Splatoon, because you can't exploit any mechanics. So everybody on the team has to have their shit together. Period. So if you got, and especially as you know, we all know from playing Turf War that any weak link on a team can kill the whole thing immediately. Because once somebody is off the field. The other team has a massive advantage in territory capture. So if, if there's a weak link on your team, you're cooked. Uh, which is why... So I see what you're saying. So in Street Fighter, it's a one-on-one thing. So yeah, of course, you got outplayed. But I think very much the same thing applies in Splatoon. If you get bopped as a team, that means there was a weak link in the team. It's actually, if you think about it, it's very cutthroat. Oh, it totally is. It, you know it's what? It's extremely cutthroat game because yeah. there was a weak link in the team. You can very easily tell who the weak link was. Yeah. And it cost you the entire thing. And there's just no argument about it. Yeah, you're right. It, it's it's black and white. Yeah. It's you know what? I I will agree that if if Splatoon has has anything working in its favor, it's that uh the the brand as a framework for potential is definitely there because I, I do think that it, it has the proper visuals. I think the short match thing is great. I, I think it's a very exciting game to play. It's, I think it has to be an exciting game to watch. Um, I think that the things that I mentioned can be ultimately fixed, but Splatoon as it currently exists, I, I still don't think that it's a viable eSport. I think um, Splatoon 2, should there be one, Mm-hmm. Um, could do so much, could build so much on what they currently have in order for uh, a, a huge, in order to create a huge increase in viability on the, on the competitive level and, totally and spectator right. level. So, you're totally right. Because yeah. I would, like I said, and, and you're right, the, the biggest problem with the Wii U game uh, is, is the fact it's on the Wii U. I really think that if, even if you put this exact game on the Switch, uh, again, assuming that Switch will be successful, we're going to be talking a lot more about that next month. Yep. But uh, assuming the Switch is going to be success- more successful than the Wii U, I think there's going to be a lot of room for the franchise to grow. Because more attention and more people caring means a lot of the stuff that you talked about will start to generate, as it did with Pokemon, as it did with Melee. Uh what exposure will solve a lot of those issues. Nintendo can definitely do their part to facilitate that kind of stuff, i.e. having a spectator mode. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of room to grow. And consider this. We know that they're interested, right? You're talking about how uh, Splatoon miraculously put the square peg in the round hole aside from esports but nintendo clearly has their eyes on it one they already conducted several tournaments in japan and they sponsored a number of them uh there was tournaments for this the existing wii u game in japan over the last year i didn't get to see any of the footage from them but uh i didn't hear anything bad uh and of course the hugely prominent messaging from the nintendo switch commercial they devoted literally like the last, I guess you could call a third of that trailer to showing off uh, a Splatoon team about to go into an arena and, you know, wreck shit. True, true. So no, that's, they, yeah. They clearly have their eyes on this game as their potential next eSport game, which is very smart for all the reasons I laid out before. This game has what it, I think at the end of the day, all the things that you brought up, which are legitimate, you brought up a bunch of very legitimate things. But all those things aside, I don't see any of those things as being uh, fundamental impediments to Splatoon's viability as an eSport. That's, that's basically my argument. That's... The Splatoon franchise is fundamentally ready to go. And I think more ready to go than almost anything else out there. I... Uh... I agree with some of your points. 
And I think that the framework is definitely there, but it's going to take, I think it's going to take a lot of effort on both the fans and Nintendo to make it work. Uh, because it's, it's, I I just don't think it's there yet. Um, No, it's absolutely not there yet. Um, yeah. And that's not my, the Splatoon Wii U game, I mean, if you were to plot the current game into a turn right now, I think it would probably, I think it would do better than you expect it to do. But it definitely would need to, um, it needs, first and foremost, like I said, it needs the higher exposure. Yeah. Once more people are caring about the game, a lot of that other stuff will flow through it. And that's when you'll start to see interesting tournaments. For Nintendo's part, they have to put out a game, uh, which I mean, they're 90% there already. Uh, put out a game that's compelling enough. Put it out on a system that's compelling enough. And the rest will hopefully be history. I'm very excited personally because I would really like to see this game uh, take off in every respect. Because as we've said countless times before, it is it is uh, a quiet revolution for shooters, uh, and I think it could be a much noisier revolution for esports. Because this is the kind of thing that you could put in front of regular people. And it is not immediately either too confusing or super nerdy. Yeah, no, it just looks, I, I'm it just ex- cute and fun. I'm excited. I'm excited too, and I think it. I I, I definitely think it has the potential. So, uh, good talk, good uh, deliberation. Um, again, it's 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 rare that we disagree on some stuff, but we we agreed on plenty. I think. Um, there's going to be a lot more to pay attention to with with Splatoon uh, in the in the coming weeks uh, as we're going to get the 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 final full reveal of the Switch next month. So this might be something that we'll have to revisit if if there are any Splatoon, if there's if there is any Splatoon news we'll have to see. Uh, but for now, um, let what we talked about uh, digest. And if you want to hear more Frog Snacks talk. Check out our website, frogsnacks.net. We have all of our episodes there, all of our written content there. We got a Twitter at Frogsnacks. We got an Instagram at Frogsnacks Podcast. And obviously we're on iTunes. You can uh, you can subscribe to us there, rate and review if your heart desires. Um, but we will uh, see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Peace. <laughs>